You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 039. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode by going to thejoyjunkie.com slash 39. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Everybody, Amy here. So excited to have you listening on the pod today. I am hugely excited to introduce another guestie. So for those of you who've hung out with with our show for a while, you know that I usually have my uh, incredible husband as my little sidekick, um, the Robin to my Batman, as I like to say. But he is on hiatus for a while, probably till the late spring. So I've been having a series of guesties or guest co-hosts hanging out with me, and it's been really incredible. So what we typically do is we bounce back and forth between life topics and love topics. So today we have an awesome life topic, which I'm sure nobody fucking deals with, which is how the hell to have a healthy body image. So we're going to get into that. So let me talk to you a little bit about our guestie. Mm-hmm. Our guestie is uh, Isabel Foxen Duke, who I like to call Foxy. <laughs> Does anybody else call you that? Oh my God. No, you know, that's a little special one for you, Amy. <laughs> I, feel- I think occasionally I must get it. People always comment on my name. I will say that. Like people are always like, wow, you have such a like strong, fierce name. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. and then people do what they will with that. But you, you've got the title, you've got the Foxy nickname for me. That's special between us. <laughs> well, then I know exactly what we're going to shoot the shit about today. So I'm going <laughs> to, let me tell them a little bit about you and, okay. um, and then I, we need to talk about this name thing. All right. Okay. So Isabel Fox and Duke helps women stop being crazy about food and weight, which hello, who isn't, right? <laughs> She yeah. She's a certified health coach and emotional eating expert. She teaches women how to make choices around food effortlessly without obsessing, counting every calorie, and or binging in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That The creepy pantry. Creeping yeah. into the pantry. She knows that all women can have the lives they dream or the ones that they think they'll get once they're thin enough. But uh, for, for some more articles and you can get her uh, her free – it's an ebook, right? How to Not Eat Chocolate Cake. Exactly. It's my guide, How to Not Eat Cake. The full title is How to Not Eat Cake really fast standing up when nobody's looking. Oh, I Uh, love it. (laughs) Yeah. Which is kind of, you know, it's really about, you know, like I'm actually fine. Like if you like, you know, rock out eating the cake, but if you're going to eat it, like sit your ass down in a chair, you know, pull up like an actual plate and like use a fork, you know, like it's all about uh, just, you know, empowerment around food rather than like the shame and the guilt and the, you know, um, oh my God, you know, I hate myself for doing this. This is so bad. You know, I better shove it in my face right now because tomorrow I'm starting Jenny Craig, you know, so right. it's it's a different approach to changing our relationship with food to one that's sort of just like more normalized and like just less obsessive, less crazy, like let's just get normal around food instead of 
you know, kind of being on this diet binge cycle all the time. Well, yeah. And I think that's really like what a lot of people do is they think if I'm hanging halfway out of the fridge or if I'm hanging halfway out of the pantry and eating my, you know, my bad food, then Mm -hmm. I'm somehow sneaking around and it's, you know, yeah. So I can totally. It's shameful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. People feel the shame and like, I mean, at least you and I know, like, shame doesn't help anyone do anything. Like, shame doesn't actually, like, motivate us into making healthy choices. Like, shame doesn't do anything to, like, make us want to, like, stuff ourselves down more. So, yeah, that's kind of big, big cornerstone to my philosophy. So we're going to have awesome conversation today. So if you want to grab her ebook, How to Not Eat Chocolate Cake, cruise over to IsabelFoxenDuke.com. And it's Isabel, I-S-A-B-E-L, Foxen, F-O-X-E-N, Duke.com. And you can always find that on our show notes page, um, which is thejoyjunkie.com slash 39. So, okay, so let me just say... You have a famous name. You have a name that, like, you uh, – who – you can't be famous with a name like fucking Amy Smith. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, well, I mean, at least your name – you, like, come across as, like, so homeful, like, everywhere – like, that – your name is – your name is so um, classic and elegant, you know? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I have to tell you this story. Um, and that's why I use the E. That's why I always say Amy E. Smith because I always say – uh, because if, if your name was Amy Smith, you'd use the E too. <laughs> yes. You'd be surprised. Isabel Duke, I actually used to just go by Isabel Duke and I added the fox in because I would Google Isabel Duke and there were a million other Isabel Dukes. So I can only imagine how many Amy Smiths yeah, there must be. I don't feel bad for you at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is Foxen, is that your middle name? It's my middle name. Yeah. It's my mother's maiden name. So that's that's been my middle name forever. And like people are always just like, damn, like that's a fierce middle name. And my last name is pretty fierce too. Fox and Duke. I mean, it's all really just very fierce. And it's awesome. Yeah. I'm so jealous. Okay. So when I was little, okay. So guess what my maiden name was? (laughs) It just start with an E? No. Yes. No. Oh. My maiden name before I was a Smith I was a green I was Amy fucking green oh my god (laughs) oh so you've just been you just went from like one like 1950s like classic start like to the next (laughs) right so and of course I was like this crazy like eccentric child really artsy and stuff and, and my my dad kind of was that way but my mom definitely wasn't and I wanted, I was like, can I at least spell my name like A-M-I or A-M-M-I-E or, <laughs> you know, something like that. And they were like, no, A-M-Y. And I was like, oh, my creativity is stifled. And, <laughs> and I always thought, how dope would it have been to be like jade green or olive green or ivy green? My brothers could have been forest and sage green. Like it would have been so, <laughs> so, I mean, that's what I would have fucking done. But, yeah, um, that would have been some hippie shit. Yeah. Right, right? I know. But my um, my dad, I don't know if I've talked about it much on the, the show, actually. My dad um, had polio, and so it highly affected his stature. And so he, you know, was ridiculed a lot as a child. So he felt very strongly, I don't want to give my kids anything. I don't want to inflict anything that could cause them to be ridiculed, like a name or something like that. That's going to be tough already. So mm-hmm. – 
You know, when he explained that to me, then I'm like, okay, I guess I'll find other creative outlets. (laughs) Right, right. Oh, my God. Did you hear about this? This is like a buzz on the Twitter sphere right now is somebody named their son Crimson Tide. Did you hear about the, and like like after like the I think it was like a football thing or something yeah, yeah, somebody like yeah. named their baby Crimson Tide yeah because that you know this clearly shows how much I know about fo- football that somebody named their son Crimson Tide and there's getting all this media coverage because Twitter went like a wash with like criticisms of this family being like how could you name your son <laughs> something like that like they're gonna be like you know ridiculed and like criticized yeah. you know and this is just like the whole internet just seemed was like you know this was like last week there was like a 24-hour period oh. like everywhere I looked was like crimson tide on Twitter you know but yeah like baby names you know it's a it's it's a thing you know wow <laughs> yeah that's that's I'm trying really hard not to judge right now <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That's awesome. Like, kind of like, I mean, that one's like really over the top, but I just thought it was funny how much, like, people just like launched back, like, oh my gosh, how could you do that to your child? Yeah. Well, I mean, don't get me started on the Northwest thing either, but, oh my but God. that's kind of, that's kind of like, just like my whole Ivy Green thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> See, I should not be judging. All right, so let's actually talk about some shit that matters. How about... How the hell to have a healthy body image? Because I know you are such a wealth of information. I'm so excited for you to share this. Um, and I was sharing with you too. I've been having a little bit of struggle with my own physicality by way of uh, injuries and like some ailments and stuff, not necessarily overeating or things like that. But I, I know a lot of those principles really do permeate quite a few different issues around body. So I want to just ask you, you know, in your practice or even through your own journey, what are some of the most common body image issues that you see or challenges? Uh, Well, I mean, I think that like, you know, I wish that it was more, you know, specific as like, oh, these are the, you know, very segmented types of body image issues that people come up with. I think that unfortunately there just seems to be this like pervasive, all encompassing, like, you know, just, oh, I, I don't like myself. I can't stand the way this looks. I hate looking in the mirror. I hate getting my photos taken. You know, I'm mm-hmm. ugly. Just the stuff that, that people are actually really trained to believe and really socialized into. And I think that that's something that life coaches in general and like the coaching, you know, people like us, I want us to be talking about more, which is that there is a huge cultural component. It's mm-hmm. not just about us as individuals hating ourselves, you know, in a vacuum, like we actually were really taught to think this way when it comes to body image, like this is a huge social problem and a huge cultural problem that we are also kind of fighting. So, I mean, I th- we're, I'm going to definitely talk about that a little bit later in the show, mm-hmm. um, at, in the strategies section, yeah. um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but I mean, I, you know, I think that as far as like the major pitfalls that women fall into that I see a lot working with women who struggle with their relationship with food and, and trying to overcome the diet binge cycle is that I feel like, you know, the first thing is that people really, I think a lot of women, I'm always shocked. This may sound really obvious, but I'm always shocked when women, when I realize that so many women really think that losing weight is the only way to change their body image and that confidence is not a possibility until weight loss occurs. Mm, yes. 
And that I'm amazed at that because, of course, I totally take for granted in my like little life coach brain, I totally take for granted like, oh, like, isn't it, shouldn't it be obvious to everyone that how we feel about ourselves and our like self-image and, you know, self-value and self-worth are just a product of our own mind. Like it's in our imagination, ultimately, like we actually can change the way we think it is possible, maybe difficult to do. We may need guidance. We may need help from other people. And I could talk all about the various different strategies for doing it. And we're going to definitely talk about that more. But ultimately, that's like the number one thing that I always am kind of shocked by is so many women, they don't think it's possible to like their bodies. And if we don't think it's possible to like our bodies, like the way they are, we're not going to do anything about it, you know? So that's kind of number one. And sort of in that same vein, I would say the number two biggest body image pitfall is willingness, right? Like a lot of women come up with reasons why they don't want to love their bodies. Like I hear this line a lot. Ooh, that's a good point. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I don't want to love my body. I just want to lose weight. I think that there's a Mm. big fear around like for women that oh my gosh if I love if I accepted and loved myself and took care of myself as I am I would stay fat forever uh, forever and everyone would hate me and I would you know that kind of mentality or or I would blow up and and you know I'd blow up to 300 pounds you know like and I always say for some reason I always come up with 300 pounds as this like like number that people are scared of I don't know why I use that number it's an arbitrary number but you know that scary number the scary number for whoever um so, uh, you right. know, and that's, that's another like thing that we got to call bullshit on. Like how far has self-hate gotten you on this like, you know, diet binge journey or this like weight loss journey? Like has that really fucking helped you? Because I don't think so or you wouldn't be listening to me talk right now. You know, right. <laughs> you know, like maybe we should try another – like there's no correlation. Like self-love does not mean – like, oh, you're going to just like completely like just start shoving your face with McDonald's all of the time, like quite the reverse. Like we actually take care of things more when we like them and when we love them. Right. Yeah, you're so you're so right, because I think people sometimes equate self-love with um, no progression or throwing in the towel or stagnation. Like, OK, now since I love myself, I no longer will want to accomplish any goals. Exactly. And, and that's the ex- that is like the antithesis of it, because, right. you know, the more you love yourself, the more apt you are to say, "Ooh, I think I could accomplish this marathon or "Ooh, I think I could, you know, do these things or whatever. And then you create goals. And that that's one thing that I would love to offer people is who you are like and and we've talked about this before on the show too who you are your self-worth can be totally separate from your goals so if you have a goal to lose weight it doesn't have to have anything to do with your self-worth and vice versa so that means that they can stand individually on their own so mm-hmm. you can love yourself no matter where you are on your goals yeah yeah dude yes Absolutely. Absolutely. And that applies to like anything, right? Like it applies to certainly our relationship with food, like in a big, huge way. Mm-hmm. Um, but anything, you know, like if I, I wouldn't be able to start my business that I run right now if I was like filled with like self-doubt and self-hatred all yes. the time, you know, like it's everything. Like this is just, this is some like classic life shit. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, like self-hate doesn't work. It's not motivating 
feeling badly about your body is not motivating. If anything, it's just taking you in the other direction. Like if I can say one thing really clearly on this conversation, it's that, right? Like feeling badly about yourself is getting you nowhere fast. It's actually just like taking you in a direction that you don't want to be. Um, you know, the only way to actually, if like your goal is to develop like a really healthy relationship with food where like you're eating what your body wants and, you know, eating, you know, treating your body well and taking care of yourself and all of those wonderful things that I think women really are striving for, um, like hating on yourself all day long is going to get you nowhere fast. Like hating on yourself all day long ends up like you end up like on your knees crying, like shoving Krispy Kreme donuts in your mouth. Like that's where you end up with self-hate. That's not where you end up with self-love. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, something else that I see from as far as like pitfalls and stuff like that, and it definitely has a lot to do with self-hatred, but because it's almost like a punishing, like I need to punish myself for not, you know, accomplishing the goals that I want to accomplish. And that is uh, colluding with others. Like, let me talk about it as much as I can with all these other people who are unhappy with their body. Yeah. you know, let's yes. let's let's constantly berate ourselves with one another. Let's one up each other about how much we hate ourselves. Totally. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I could talk about I could write a PhD dissertation about this topic. It's like, first of all, compare and despair is yep. like such a nightmare when it comes to body image. Huge problem. But then also I noticed that, you know, all of my clients pretty much across the boards come to me after they've we've done the work and they've changed their relationship with their bodies and food and they're really like feeling, you know, sane and comfortable in their relationship with food and like feeling good about their bodies and um, they come to me and they say, Isabel, I don't know what to do. All of my friends are obsessed with like dieting and like hating on themselves and da 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 and I can't stand being around it anymore and all of my friends are talking about this all the time and I will say to them it's not a coincidence that all of your friends are talking about that shit all the time because that's what you used to do that's how you yes. used to bond with people like you develop you attract the people who are similar to you and that you have something in common with. If you're going to run around hating your bodies, you're going to attract people who also hate their bodies. Like that's something that you're going to, if your life revolves around dieting, you're going to attract other people whose lives revolve around dieting. Um, So, you know, I don't have any friends. I mean, like I don't talk about food or body outside of work ever, ever. Yeah. Um, But that was not did not used to be the case, you know, like it used to be the case that my best friends were the girls that I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, how many calories are in that thing? Um, It used to be that those were the people I was hanging out with. Right. Right. And it's not, um, (laughs) I always say it's really not like this huge rocket science thing. It's not like, (laughs) oh, what I'm attracting to my life or not. Like if you tolerate that sort of conversation, you're going to get more of that conversation and more of the emotions that follow suit around those conversations. Right. Like it's not woo-woo at all. (laughs) No. It's not like, well, how, why am I doing, well, because you're fucking entertaining it. Yeah. Set the bar a little higher. Decide and make a different choice about what you're right. going to converse about. Anyway, I get totally. I get worked up because it's the same. It's the same thing I see a lot in relation to marriages, um, intimate partnerships, relationships where people want to talk about how shitty their spouse is with everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! You know, it's yeah. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. It's like if we're like the more when we are just like talking about and like simmering in. I mean, there's there's always like what like good processing of problems. Like, of oh, I really need to talk about this. But there comes a point where it's like you're just like you're just like manifesting that shit now. You yeah. know, like yeah. 
Um, we need to talk about relationships and body image too. You know, you helped me write the article. We should put this article in the notes too. You helped me write the article about feeling fat in relationships or feeling fat with guys. I don't even remember. It was so long ago that we did But that's another whole thing. I mean, there's a whole constituency of women who, you know, are, you know, reading my emails and stuff that, that are always asking questions about, um, but like, if I don't lose weight, I won't get married. You know, if, but I always like feel fat during sex, like that kind of stuff. So that's a whole nother topic. That yeah, maybe we should do a second pot on that, maybe down the road. That would be great. <laughs> okay. That would be awesome. Yeah. So um, before we get into telling them better, you know, like tips and what the hell to do about it, do you have any other, any, I just don't want to skip over you if you have any other pitfalls you wanted to highlight. Um, yeah, I mean, those are really, really, oh, oh, there's one other pitfall that I want to highlight, but that's really kind of like the perfect segue into talking about the strategies, um, which is people, a lot of women don't recognize that when we're feeling fat in quotes, like when we're dealing with like massive body image stuff in our head, a lot of times it has to do with something else. And a lot of times it actually is sort of like a cover up, like feeling fat is sort of like a cover up for an actual real feeling, right? Like people always... Hmm. One of my favorite quotes in the world is fat is not a feeling. Yes. Um, And so like when we are like just feeling really sort of like down on our bodies and like criticizing our bodies like crazy, you know, a thing that I always – this is more like a tip than a pitfall, but um, I always say to women, you know, like, well, why is – like what – what does that mean? Like, what are you actually really feeling? Why is feeling fat bad? Like, why is being fat bad? Like, what are you associating with this – self-criticism? Is it, oh my gosh, he's not going to like me? Is it, oh my gosh, um, you know, people at work aren't going to respect me? You know, like what sort of the underlying fear? What are you making fat mean? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I was just teaching um, a program on this where we we were talking about, you know, we have life circumstance, things that happen, and then we create a grandiose meaning behind it and oftentimes we make the meaning relate to our self-worth when in fact the circumstance is just plain fact circumstance yeah like so I'm 50 pounds overweight that is the fact fact. that's just the statement that's the set of circumstances that does not have to mean you are never going to get married you're unlovable you're damaged you have it doesn't mean anything about your character it's just your set of circumstance Right, right. Like fat is just like lipid tissue. Like it can't do anything. It can't make you feel anything in and of itself. You know, like it's only powerful to the extent that you give it power. Right. Uh, You know, like if you decide that like you are too fat to like – go on like that OkCupid date, like you are going to stay home and eat Haagen-Dazs instead. You know, if you decide that like actually like I'm perfectly like fine to like go, I deserve to actually like live my life today. Like, you know, like I'm still a human being. Like I am still like, I'm breathing in and out. Like I actually like have a right to like go out and live my life fully today then you'll do so. Like, which choice do you want to make? Right, right. Yeah. You know, I had I had just two other little things that I see a lot too. And so I, I just want everybody to kind of listen and look at, like, are these you? Because if any of these pitfalls sound familiar, I want you to get excited because there's – it means that they're surmountable, okay? It means that there's something you can do about it and you don't have to be – 
a victim to this way of life anymore if you choose that. So two of the other things I see a lot, tell me if you notice this, is, um, and one's kind of a behavioral thing, and that's just hiding out. Like when when you're really uncomfortable, I mean, how many people do you hear who, who are like, they won't go out, they won't socialize, they don't want to be seen by people who haven't seen them for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all they, the time. You know, they become a recluse. And guess who's suffering? You're a self-inflicted suffering. Yeah, totally. It's so self-inflicted. It's so unnecessary. It's like, you know, another – like I think another way to kind of like phrase that is um, – like every day that you're like sitting at home feeling fat is like a day that you're not really living. Yes. You know, like you're just like you're just choosing not to live for no other reason than your own perception of yourself that like no one else is keeping you from like going on that date. No one else is keeping you from like going out and like having fun with your friends. No one else is like in yes. at all dictating how you get to live your life. You are self exactly like you said, like you are totally self-inflicting this like purgatory, this prison. Yep. Just because of this imaginary, like imaginary meaning that you're attaching to a circumstance, to a totally isolated environmental circumstance that really in and of itself is not that meaningful. Right. Right. You know, and uh, one of the other things, just, you know, how we were talking just a second ago about relationships, one of the ways I see it a lot in relationships is looking to your partner to create your self-worth. So, mm-hmm. you know, my husband needs to make me feel sexy in the bedroom because I feel like a fat ass. So mm-hmm. now I he needs to say all these right things to cater to my self-image issues. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in, the pro- in having, you know, being lit up and fulfilled by having a very amorous partner is I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. I'm saying depending on your self-worth outside of yourself mm-hmm. is inevitably going to just tear you down and make it, it – you can't control it. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, it, it will never work permanently because there will always be the day that your like husband actually decides to just roll over and go to sleep. Right. You know, like that day's coming. Like there's like, it's like the same thing with the, I mean, this really reminds me of the scale. You know, like women talk about this with the scale a lot. Like I need the scale to say this number in order for me to feel good. If the scale says, you know, X number, I will, I'm allowed to feel good and I get to feel good. If the scale says Y number, I'm, I have to feel bad. You know, I let my external, the, you know, external sources of validation determine how I get to feel about myself rather than coming from inside of me. And that's just, you're just asking for meltdowns and breakdowns because at the end of the day, the environment around you is never going to do exactly, it won't won't do what you want it to do a hundred percent of the time ever. Like there's always going to be the day when that shit backfires. Like there's always going to be a day when like your husband is like fucking tired and like, doesn't, you know, in a bad mood. There's going to be the day when you, you know, maybe ate something and the scale doesn't say what you wanted to say, whatever. Right. Um, So, yeah, yeah, totally. It's exactly, it's out of your control. It's out of your control. Right. And so then you get this whole um, skewed response, which equals your emotions. So some days it's exactly the response you want. Other times it's not. So then your emotions follow suit. Sometimes you're like super happy and then sometimes you're totally in the depths of despair, but it's all contingent off of how you're received by others. And that is not a powerful place to be. Oh, it's so disempowering. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so let's talk about what what the hell they can do about it. (laughs) So I'm excited to hear your stuff. 
Okay, so I mean, I really am into this whole conversation about like figuring out what the real issue is and the control issue. Like, I love this conversation about like, you know, fat is just fat. Like, there's just facts. It's just, it's just lipid tissue, whatever you want to say. It just is what it is. What are we making it mean? Like, what fear? What are we attach? You know, what sort of, um, what meaning are we giving to it? What are we attaching to that circumstance that we're then letting kind of like emotionally destroy us? So. Um, like, for example, I mean, I actually will just use as an example because this is one that comes up so often for me <laughs> in, with clients for myself all the time is like in romance, for instance, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I, you know, if you're like getting ready to go out on a date, let's say, and you're feeling like really insecure about your body and you're going out with this new guy and like all of a sudden you start feeling insecure about your body and you all of a sudden like, you know, like that fat feeling like comes on. Like this morning I was totally fine. I felt okay. And now all of a sudden I'm like super self-conscious about like my midriff and like my like little like roll here and Mm -hmm. like my, like my cellulite on my ass or whatever. And it like all of a sudden becomes like blaring. And what I want women to really start to understand is when you're having these moments of like blaring bad body image, blaring poor body image, where like this morning you felt okay and now all of a sudden you can like, you literally have that like overwhelming quote unquote fat feeling. It's like, well, if you weren't feeling fat, how would you be feeling? Like, could you, can you connect that with some other feeling of insecurity fear, nervousness, you know, 90% of the time, like those, those sort of out of the woodwork fat feelings actually are just ways that women express nervousness and insecurity about something else that's going on. Mm. So like if I'm getting ready for a date and I feel fat, like the reality of the situation is that like, if I ask myself, well, why am I, why am I afraid to be fat on this date? Right? Like, why am I afraid of that? The real issue is I'm not really afraid of the fat. I'm afraid that he's not going to be attracted to me. Right. You know, like that's actually what's going on. I'm not afraid of being fat in a vacuum. I'm afraid of like whatever like the consequences that I'm attaching to fat are. So I'm afraid that he's not going to like me. I'm afraid that other people are going to judge me. 90% of the time it has to do with trying to control how we're perceived by others. And Hmm. we actually latch on to weight as like a way to kind of gain this false sense of control, like, oh, if I lost weight, then he would like me. If I lost weight, then everyone would, like, you know, think I was really, like, cool and had my shit together. If I lost weight, I could control how other people think. Mm -hmm. If I lost weight, I could control the universe. If I lost (laughs) weight, I could play God. And everything would go the way I want it to go. Everyone would like me. Everything would go my way. And, like, that is just a – it's just – bullshit. You know what I mean? Like it's yep. just a lie that we just taught we just tell ourselves in our own mind to like make us feel a little bit more comfortable with uncertainty. Right. Because truth of the matter is like you can be as thin as you want to be. You can be like you can do whatever the fuck you want to do with food. No matter how thin you are, it might not work out with that guy. Like right. your boss might still yell at you. Like all of mm-hmm. these like things that you are worried, all those things that you want to control that are out of your control, like controlling your weight's not going to help you get there. Like it's a farce. Right. Um, so, you know, that's I, sort I, of the big deal. I just want to make a men- make mention there too. It, it and I, I I've said this before, but the reason why we do that, the reason why we search outside of ourselves, is because we don't fucking know any different. Like we never 
are taught unless you're blessed to have parents who have the foresight and ability and wisdom to tell you this but we don't grow up it's not a part of our scholastic education it's not it's not told to us here's how you find happiness that doesn't nobody ever says find it within even in a lot of religions it's find it from god it's not find it from within so mm-hmm. what do we do? We are immersed in a society where we see this pill will give you happiness. This relationship will give you happiness. This weight will give you happiness. So we're taught to search outside of ourselves over and over and over again. So I just want mm-hmm. I want you all to know that if you do that, you're normal. We don't know any different. So thank God for these this profession and that self-help is really on the rise and we're seeing that it starts internal first and that we do have the power to shift that. Oh my gosh, preach. Seriously. I mean, <laughs> that that kind of goes to my like last, you know, sort of my next awesome. um my next strategy, which is I kind of mentioned earlier in this call also, which is like it's not your fault. Like yes. you were trained into this. You were trained women in particular are really 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 socialized and trained into body hatred, right? Like it's not like you invented this and you popped up out with this like body image problem that no one else has. Like so many women are dealing with this and it's not a coincidence. You know, this is something that we are, you know, by and large taught. Um, and I think in the instance of body image, it is really, it can be very healing to really acknowledge that and really realize like, oh, like there's a whole system in place that has, has kind of socialized me into this and taught me how to feel this way and taught me how to respond to life and react to life this way. And I know that that's kind of fucked up. But, like, it's kind of nice to know that it's – I'm not crazy. Right. You know, like, women who have – like, I'm not crazy. Like, this is shit that, like, with body image stuff, like, this is – you are working against a real system that there's, like, a lot of money at stake. There's a lot of, like, social control at stake. There's a lot of power at stake in, like, trying to, like, maintain these um, power dynamics wherein, like, women are kind of – women in particular, but more so, but men as well in increasing numbers are really um, kind of given the message like, hey, like your body's not good enough. Like, let me help you fix, you know, let me help you fix it. Let me like give you the secret pill outside of yourself. Right. Right. And, you know, and that being said, it's also not a crutch. You know, it's also not, well, I'm just victim to my society, so I've been taught to hate myself, so I'm just going to do that. You know, like – No, no, yeah. I always say, like, once you turn the lights on in the room that's fucking cluttered and there's mess, now you got to clean it out. Mm -hmm. Now if you know what's going on, now we need to reorganize and we need to get our shit straight. Oh, totally, totally, totally. And I think that when you – that's one of the things about, like, that's so great about shining a light on these issues is, like, it kind of gives you an opportunity to say, like, oh, like – I don't need to hate my body. Like, (laughs) really? (laughs) Yeah. Like, really? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, oh my gosh. Like, this is all like, like, I, I, like, like, I'm actually allowed to like myself the way I am. Like, that's a thing that people are doing. Right. Oh, right. And so then you can kind of, you can strive for that. It might not be easy, but at least like you can like start to move in that direction. Right. Again, and I think, I think once you, with body image, it's like, 
those first two things that I mentioned early in this call, like once you have those two things, it's actually kind of smooth sailing. Like if you're not willing or if you have resistance to wanting to love yourself because you think self-hate is like the way to go and motivational and like works for you somehow, if like you are dealing with either of those two things, like you're like you're not going anywhere on the body image train. If you have willingness and you want to like your body, like legitimately want to, the strategies for doing so are actually not that hard. Like it, it actually can be you know, it may take some time, but those two pieces, the willingness and the belief that it is possible to like your body and the wanting to like your body, you know, once you have those two things in place, like that's like 80% of the work right there. You're right. And it's, it's a, um, it's a digging the heels in. It's, it's like pull it. Cause that's what we do. We dig our heels in where we're like, and I'm sure you get this, like, you know, Isabel, I am not going to love myself and you are hell bent on it and you dig your heels in like you're somehow fucking winning yeah oh my god like oh my god you're not you're not winning like who's happy who who are you you're not proving anything to anybody except Mm -hmm. for that you can keep yourself paralyzed and unhappy Mm -hmm. yeah totally which is why it's so important to like ask yourself the question like really is this working for you like the willingness and the wanting it I think are products of really having like a breakdown almost like you know you kind of sometimes sometimes you got to break down to like get built back up you know Mm, absolutely and um you know, I think I know that for me, I would, I was really digging my heels in. I was one of those, I don't want to love myself. I just want to lose weight. I don't want to hear a body image message. I just want to lose weight. I just want to get thin so that I can get all these things that I think are only possible if I lose weight, like the husband, the job, the career, the whatever. Um, and you know, at some point I came to the place where I was like, oh my God, like I have no other choices. Like I'm desperate for a new way. I can't do this anymore. Like I really like fell on my knees and was like, this is not serving me. Like running around hating myself all day is really counteract. It's just so counterproductive to the life that I want to live. It's not getting me anywhere. I'm just getting fatter. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's making me more miserable. I'm just, I mean, it's, it's just like, and I'm just, it's, Mm -hmm. and I'm, and I'm constantly running around like miserable, obsessed with food, you know, whatever it is, your things are, there's so many reasons why obviously self-hate and you know, self-hatred and shame don't work. But when we have those, I think that when we have those deep moments where we really start to realize, oh, like this is not, this is not working. This is actually not the productive strategy for me that's when we think like oh maybe I should work on the (laughs) self-love like oh maybe like there is something to be said for actually like caring about body image issues um right so I think you know there's an element of this where it's like you kind of come to it when you're ready um but but yeah Yeah. that's so true because you know prior to you know I've shared with the with the audience, uh, you know, prior to working in self-help, I was a makeup artist for years. So I, I met a ton of models, celebrities who by all worldly standards had the perfect body, perfect face, perfect skin, perfect everything, who still were uh, enveloped in self-hatred. Why? Because it's not external. It's right. internal. You ha- It's not about the external thing. So yeah. – 
you know, and what you're pointing to, what what I think people end up hitting a, a wall is there's also this whole other grouping of people who reach those fitness goals, who actually do lose the weight and then wonder why the hell they're not happy and why they still are nitpicking everything. Mm-hmm. It's not in the shell. It's the it's in the internal work. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. Totally. I mean, in, internal. And then like, you, yeah, the internal work is really all that matters. I mean, and I think we also have to like realize like, you know, things like, you know, it is actually possible to like live a wonderful life really at any, you know, there are, there are women who are twice my size who are in wonderful relationships and like having like beautiful family lives and have like great (laughs) careers and are really powerful. I mean, you know, and I think we, we like forget that our weight doesn't, I mean, a lot of women, women who are struggling with weight and eating issues often forget like, oh, like, you your life isn't determined by your weight (laughs) right and you know and and also you're allowed you're allowed to want to be a size three you Mm. know I think that's another thing too is that we we berate ourselves for the desires that we have so it's not a problem to have a specific desire. It's not a problem to like, you know, I have a desire to own my own business or make multiple six figures or, you know, you can want whatever the fuck you want. Just don't collapse it with it will equate my happiness and it will make me worthy. That's where the problem is. Right. And it's a good practice, I think, to really ask yourself, well, why do you want it? Yes. If your goal is to be a size four, why? If the answer is because that's the only way that I'm going to get married and have the life that I love and be able to like be comfortable with myself, you better like you are probably walking down. It's a fake desire. Yes. You don't really want to be a size four. What you really want is to like have a healthy relationship. You want to feel loved. You want to feel powerful. You want to feel whatever. Like most people don't just want to be thin for no reason. They want to be thin because of what they think thinness will bring them. And when we start to, um, what ends up happening is that we become obsessed with being thin and we, we don't worry and we, and we don't go for the goals that we actually are trying to become thin to get, you know, like right. we, st- we, we don't, we spend all of our time thinking about dieting instead of like, oh, like, but the whole point of getting thin is so that I can like be famous on the internet. Okay. So why don't you <laughs> start a fucking blog? You know, like, like you know, right. Like, 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 why don't you start like actually doing shit to get the things that you want? Like you don't need, like th- you don't, there's right. this myth that like you need to be thin in order to get these things. So ask yourself like, if you, you know, I would say for the for the women who are out there who are like, I want to be a size four, like that's a really a really good question to ask yourself is why? Yes. Because most people, like very few people, want to be a size four for any reasons that don't have to do with like self worth type stuff. Um, right. I would say the only example, like I can only think of like one example off the top of my head of people who like want to like quote unquote be a certain size for like actual like real reasons that have to do with goals and they're like professional athletes, right. you know, like, well, um, for for me, I, I mean, I have, like, I don't weigh myself. I don't do measurements. I don't do anything, but I like to stay a specific size because of the life it affords me. I like to be you know, really agile when I'm doing theater and performance. You know, I want to be able to like jump up and move around and and be able to do whatever it is that that, that that's called, you know, flipping over couches and doing things like that. Um, 
And I also don't like how I feel getting out of a car or getting up off of a couch if I have extra weight on me. Like I don't like that feeling. So there's certain things that that I enjoy being a specific size, but I because of looking at what does that mean to me? It means mobility. It means freedom. It means all these other things. It doesn't mean acceptance. It doesn't mean validity and worthiness. So every typically every holiday, I allow myself to gain, you know, 8, 10 pounds, something like that. And I'll look at in the mirror and I notice it. And I'm like, oh, Smitty, you're getting getting a little, a little, you know, extra loving or whatever, but I'm never mean. I only allow it to be a fact. I don't ever make it be something about my self-worth, but I work in this field where, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Where I'm always looking at the deeper meaning and stuff. So I, I agree. It can be dangerous to say, want whatever you want, but I do feel like we have a, there's a problem like where we, we make it wrong to want to be sexual. We make it wrong to want to be thin. We make it wrong to want to like be a girl and get all dressed up and, you know, we make things like, oh, that's too superficial. Want what you want, but do not collapse it with your your self-worth. That's the big disclaimer. And like get really honest about like whether or not – I think another big issue, and this is sort of more a cultural, social, even like albeit like political kind of statement, but, um, you know, a lot of people – there's a lot of misinformation out there about what people can and can't do based on their weight. Like there's a lot of misinformation about correlations between weight and health. There's a lot of misinformation about, you know, weight and um, even things like mobility and fitness. You know what I mean? So um, I think, you know, it's important for us to really like get clear, like what are those reasons that we want to be thin and like are those things that are possible at, you know, like can we start striving for those things instead of worrying about the weight. Like if we are taking care of ourselves and going for the things we really want, like the weight's just going to be what it's going to be. If we are, like you said, like you're super into fitness. Like it's like if you're like taking care of yourself and doing your fitness shit, like your weight's going to be what it's going to be when you're doing those things, you know, like (laughs) as opposed to the other way, most women go the, women with food issues, I would call them like emotional eaters, whatever, will go the other way where it's like the only reason to go to the gym is to lose the weight rather than like, You know what I mean? It's like the opposite. It's like switching that instead of like, oh, I need to lose weight in order to accomplish, you know, such and such thing. It's like, why don't I work towards accomplishing such and such thing, like running the marathon or being fit or whatever. And then the right weight will come to me when I'm living the life that I want to be afforded by whatever size. Does that make sense? Yes. Kind of like flipping it. Yeah, absolutely. So is there any – uh, other tips or strategies you wanted to offer? Um, yeah. I mean, we covered actually like a pretty good amount of stuff. Yeah. I think we hit most of my bullet points. I'm really like impressed with us right now. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that I think that all of the major big things that I wanted to, to mention are said. Um, and yeah, just like a little bit more on like the cultural, like social note. Like I just really encourage people who are struggling with body image, like may also not be a bad idea to go on like a media diet, you know, like mm. really like surround yourself. Like if you, if, if all of your friends are dieting and like constantly obsessed with their body, like at least like maybe switch from like, you know, then, then maybe start like reading like HuffPo women's section or 
like, you know, Exo Jane, which is one of my favorite, like, online magazines that's really sort of, you know, feministic and body positive. You know, like, surround yourself by as much body positive messaging as you can. You know, that just just makes shit a lot easier. It's, like, kind of, like, creating – you can – the Internet's such a powerful tool for creating the community that we want to create. So, it's true. It's true. you know, like, listen to the people that, like, make you feel good. Like, li- you know, watch – you know, read the people that – you know, make you feel connected to your truth about this stuff. Um, and that can kind of act as like a little antioxidant or a little like counteraction to, you know, maybe some of the messages you're getting from your immediate community if, you know, your family and close friends are kind of still trapped in this mental, you know, game that's not working for you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because one of my one of my uh, tips that I had written down was watch and temper your triggers. And that's exactly that's exactly what you just said. It's if you are triggered by being around spe- specific people, certain conversations, if you're triggered by certain media exposure. You know, um, I have a good friend who still to this day can't look through Victoria's Secret because that is just triggers her beyond belief. I don't even fucking notice it. I don't even – I'm like, oh, that bikini's cute, or oh, that, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't ever compare myself to them. Like, I just, I've never, my issues have always been my skin, not my weight. You know, that was always my big issue growing up was, you know, mm-hmm. a- having acne and things like oh, yeah, that. Yeah, you mentioned, you've, you've mentioned that to me before. I remember you said that to me when we were doing that article that I need to find so that we can put it in the program notes that when I did the interview with you. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do that. But but if if you know, okay, when I read this or when I watch this or when I look at this, um, I'm triggered, then temper it. Figure out a way to scale back on it. That's something that you can do, you know? Mm-hmm. Word up. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to mention too was uh, work with your self-talk. And that, that's like we could teach class up on class on class about that. But um, one thing that I would love to offer you guys is to use what I call progressive language when you are in your own mind. So, you know, if you are – just first of all, you have to notice what you've been saying. Like when you look in the mirror, do you nitpick your wrinkles or your lines or your cottage cheese legs or whatever? And what do you say to yourself? Like how are you conversing with yourself in your own mind? And then switch it to something that is progressive. So a lot of times I think people get caught up like I I can't just say, oh, I love who I am or it feels too big of a jump to say, you know what? You're actually gorgeous. You're beautiful. What if you were just to say something like, "Um, I am working on redefining what beauty looks like to me. That's a great one. I love that one. Or I'm on the road to loving what I've been given or, you know, something where you're saying, I'm on my way. It's a journey. I'm progressing. I'm on the way. Because sometimes it's hard for us to say something affirmative, like I am gorgeous. If you don't believe it, it's, it psychologically, it's a waste of your fucking time if you can't exactly. believe it. It's pointless. Yeah, exactly. If you don't believe it, what's the fucking point? <laughs> so why not do something that's indicative of I'm on my way? So come up with something like that instead of getting sucked into that vortex of how much you hate your body, how much you hate whatever. And I've had to do the same thing for me around uh, an injury that I just had because I want to be so angry to my body. So instead, I will say like, thank you so much for carrying me up the stairs or thank you so much for allowing me to do that, you know, that event or thank you so much for, you know, and I try to just thank it instead of, you know, be so mean. And, yeah. and I'll say things like, you know what? I'm not at my best, but I will be. 
or mm-hmm. I'm on the road to recovery instead of I feel like shit, I feel like shit, or I feel mm-hmm. amazing, I feel amazing, which I don't. So mm-hmm. what what feels better and what I can buy into is I'm on the road to recovery. Yeah. Yeah, man. Totally. Totally. Like the most important thing is like, it's kind of like, I always think about body image for me personally. I always think about it like a game, like for years when I, when I first made the decision and I was like willing and I was like, yeah, I don't actually want to lose 10 pounds. What I want is to like myself when I really like Mm -hmm. got there and was like at that place, which again, 80% of the work is just getting there. Um, that's when I realized like, okay, so instead of every time I have a quote fat feeling, the new game is instead of the game being what diet am I going to go on? How am I going to lose this weight? The new game is how can I try and look at myself differently than I do right now? Right. You know, without like, if you're like lying to yourself, like that's why I don't love affirmations because sometimes affirmations are like, they just feel like bullshit, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's like the new game is I feel fat. I know that this is a product of my mind. Like I intellectually understand that this is something that's happening just in my, in my like conscious brain and my like just, you know, imagination. The new game is how, what can I say to myself? How can I talk myself through this? How can I coach myself through this so that I can start to see myself in a different way? Right. I love it. I love it. And you know what? If all else fails, If all else fails, I will like just say like out loud, I choose to focus on something empowering because, because that's what happens is like we, we, we don't realize that we can choose our focus. So when you're looking in the mirror, it's a vortex. You know what I'm talking about? Like you start with the lines on your eyes and then you start with your trouble areas on your, your belly and then you go, oh, and then you squeeze it and you look at it and you tuck (laughs) it away. Like you tuck it away and, but you're focusing, you're focusing on something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like on some level you're trying to do it. If you can't think about, okay, coaching yourself or anything like that at the moment because you're so lost in it, just distract yourself. At least don't focus there. Just say, you know what? Okay, right. I'm not going to focus on that right now. I'm going to go read a book or I'm going to go watch a TV yep. show. I'm going to do something else besides get lost in a self-hate spiral. Oh my gosh, totally. If you weren't thinking about how fat you were feeling, what would you be thinking about? Yes. You know, like seriously, like what would you be thinking about? Like, can you take it back to reality? That's great for emotional eating too, just as a little like side note. Like if I wasn't thinking about food right now, what would I be thinking about? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm writing it down. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Oh, Isabel, thank you so much for being with us. Oh my gosh. Of course. Anytime. I like love you so much. It's so great to chat with you like anytime ever. Oh, yeah. I think we should do something on – uh, relationships and body image. I think that'd be great. I um, would love to. I've thought about it extensively. <laughs> yes. Awesome. So, okay. So before we leave, is there anything you just want to leave anybody with? And, you know, if you heard nothing, hear this. And, and if not, um, that's fine too. And just tell them where they can find more of you. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, I think if you've heard nothing here, this really like, let's go back to willingness and finding out, you know, if for some, do you have resistance to body love? I feel like that's sort of the biggest problem that people come against is that they, they come up with reasons why they don't want to love their body. Um, when that's just, 
like shooting yourself in the foot and like keeping you in this like crazy cycle that doesn't work. Um, so I'd be like, you know, meditate on that a little bit, like get really honest with yourself about those things so that you can finally come to the place of willingness, which is really when the magic I think starts to happen and when things start to really unfold and change. Um, so that's sort of my little like last, mm. that's, for me, like most important thing ever, but um, but also uh, download my guide and like check yeah. out my website. Like get on that list. I send out. I'm I'm really good about only sending out like pretty valuable educational content on my emails. I send out coaching emails every week or two, mm-hmm. um, and I really am very you know conscious to keep it like only stuff that I think is super helpful and important and relevant for people. So if you're into that, you know get on get on that list. Um, and you know, I, 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 I'm just want people to be having more and more conversations about this. It's so, so important. So thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. It's so great. So yes, you guys, please go cruise by Isabel Fox and Duke.com. You can also find everything about her on the show notes page. Um, and, you know, as always, we love hearing from you. We'd love to know what's been going on in your mind as, we, as we've as we had a lot of these guest speakers. You can cruise by thejoyjunkie.com. If you haven't picked up your digital life and love kit, please do so. It's packed with a bunch of stuff um, to help you progress in those two arenas. And swing by the podcast page. Let us hear from you. Let us know if there's topics you'd like to discuss. If you want to be a guest caller, um, we would love to hear from you. I think that's everything. Thank you again so much, Isabel. So much appreciated. Really great stuff today. Oh, ditto. And uh, so here is to loving and living your most badass life. Isabel and Amy signing out. <laughs>